0: well good morning everyone good morning. welcome to crossroads my name's Dwayne. i'm one of the pastors here i'm really glad you come out today and uh, first things first i hope you'll look into your program and take out your communication card right now it's a great chance for you to uh share any prayer requests especially today we're talking about worry maybe something's really weighing on you you're worrying a lot and you'd like us to pray for you about it we'd love to pray for you this week maybe you want to sign up for something or request some information that card is your tool, and you'll place it in the offering basket at the very end of the service. So I hope you'll take advantage of that. We'll keep your information confidential, so, so that's your communication card. Now today we're continuing in our series, A Hostage. And we're looking at things that Satan uses to bind us up, to, to take us prisoner, to keep us from being free, to keep us from living boldly for Christ and being the person that God created us to be. And last week, Frances, she launched it off with a great talk about guilt. And we looked at how there's two kinds of guilt. There's like godly guilt that leads to repentance and sorrow. And then there's the worldly guilt that we feel guilty about things we shouldn't feel guilty about. And how Jesus wants to free us from those. And so, um, as we continue today, we'll be looking at worry. And I want to pause and just, just pray for our service. Father, thank you so much for freeing us. Thank you that Jesus paid the price so that we could be free of the guilt that we all deserve, that we all bear because of our sin. God, thank you for pardoning us for your amazing grace. My Lord, today I know as we look at this topic of worry, worry just consumes so many of us at different times in our life. It wastes our energy, our focus, it holds us back, it keeps us from doing what you made us to do. We're afraid to take steps of faith for you. And God, I pray that today you would free those of us who are struggling with worry, that you would help us to see how you will help us to face whatever it is that's coming in life. In Christ's name we pray, amen. amen. Well, worry is one of those things that sooner or later it's going to take every one of us hostage. And so I hope you'll look in your program and take out your outline. There's a place to follow along and take some notes. And uh, this would be a great outline like to tuck inside your Bible. And the next time you find yourself worrying, go back and pull it out and kind of review it and, and look through it. Because I know God wants to help you in this important area of your life. And in this series, we're talking about ways that that Satan in life kind of takes us hostage, kind of makes us a prisoner. And the good news throughout this series is that Jesus came to free hostages. That's the first fill in in on your outline. He came to free us. In John chapter 8, Jesus was talking to uh, his disciples, his followers. And he gave him some very important instructions. And he says, when you have the right perspective, when you see things from God's eyes, when you understand how things really are, he says, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. It'll set you free from your fears, from your guilts, from your worries. He went on later in John 14, he, says, he said this about himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus has said, he's the truth he's the only one who can truly set us free he's the only one who was worthy to pay the penalty for my sins and for your sins on the cross and so he's the truth you know him and you know the facts about him it will set you free if you live with that truth embedded in your heart and in your mind but the reality is so so often we get caught up in worry and so i want us to look at the woe of worry worry is bad and woe, that word woe is kind of an odd word we don't use a lot these days, but it means extreme distress, extreme affliction and grief. It's like something that just weighs on you. And we all worry and we have patterns of worry. <clears throat> you ever get a song stuck in your head? Isn't that annoying? Especially if it's some little jingle from a commercial, Right? Thank God for the DVR. That's one of my favorite you know, inventions ever. So you don't hear all those commercials over and over, but you, you get something stuck in your head. It's just so annoying. When we do that, with worry. Many of us have the same guilt patterns, things we think of over and over and over again. And so we came across a video about a guy who made a CD, a worship CD just for you. It's called Woe Worship. So I want you to enjoy this CD and then I'll, uh, this music video, and I'll be right back.
1: Introducing Woe Worship, worship for the negative Christian. I can only imagine how bad it will be when my boss finally fires me. I can only imagine how bad it will get when I lose my house head over hills and debt love to party, I mean pity party, but most Christian music and worship songs are just too positive. Do you want to feel sorry for yourself and not have faith-filled lyrics getting in the way and making you feel happy? Then you need Woe Worship, Christian music that won't interfere with your negative lifestyle. I could sing of my problems forever. I could sing of my problems forever. Forever I am faithless. Forever I am wrong. Forever problems plague me. Forever. Woe Worship has lyrics That will come from the abundance of your negative heart. Every move I make will probably hurt. I may have arthritis every move I make. It might get worse. Maybe it's bronchitis. Sometimes you're just in the mood to complain, regardless of all those Bible scriptures that tell you not to. Come, now is the time to merge. come now is the time to speak
0: pretty silly
1: right it's kind of
0: like the weird owl of traditional christian praise songs right but you know the truth is some of us we we kind of get these little things these little patterns of worry in our brain we worry about stuff that's not important we worry about stuff that's really important I mean, some of the stuff we worry about, you know, I don't think God cares a whole lot about, but I have to be honest, I moved to the Bay Area 25 years ago, I started rooting for the Golden State Warriors because I love basketball, and man, it was a rough 20, 20 plus years. And if then we were finally doing something decent the last couple years, and they fired the coach who changed everything. I was so upset, they fired Mark Jackson. I was really worried about the Warriors, and then, you know, Steve Kerr's done a great job, team's doing great we don't have to worry so much, right? Even when they got down in the series against Memphis, two games to one, you know, I wasn't, wasn't too worried. I was just concerned. Now, we don't want to talk about the 49ers today, because I got some real worries about what they're doing. Let's just stay focused. But, you know, worry. I have a friend in the church, Scott. He, he bought Pastor Paul and I these jerseys. He, he gave Paul Steph Curry's jersey, and I got Clay Thompson's. He wanted us to be the Splash Brothers. Like, baptizing people, you know, lots of splashes. I thought that's pretty clever. Gave us these nice jerseys, and I don't know why Paul got Steph's. Maybe because he's shorter than me. I'm not sure. I got Clay Thompson. You know, we never know when he's going to go off, so maybe that's why he gave me that one. But, you know, we, we worry about stuff that's not really important, right? I mean, sports are fun. We worry about other stuff that maybe is a little important, but there's a cartoon for you. I worry that Facebook is killing meaningful communication. His friend says, like. <laughs> Doesn't really have anything to say, right? Now, I know some of you, I, I worry about my kids, like this one here. I often worry about the safety of my children, especially the one that is rolling their eyes at me and talking back right now. Because <laughs> they might get hurt, right? And we're worried. And they worry about our health. Lady goes to the doctor, she says, nonsense. As long as you take it every day on schedule, you won't have to worry about addiction. Isn't that kind of like the definition of addiction? Like, you need this every day. Anyway, I don't know. We worry about stuff. You know, medically, worry has been connected to over 100 medical conditions and diseases that affect our health. Worry will not only take away your physical energy and upset you uh, emotionally, it'll rob you of your stamina, and it'll, it can rob you of some of your life. It leads directly to stress, high blood pressure, hypertension, heart attacks. Worry is deadly. It's deadly. Now today, we're talking about the kind of worry where we take things on ourself. We We worry about things, and we think about things too much and obsess about stuff, and we think, if I just could figure it out... Kind of a little aside, some people have a, have a true medical condition, you're just wired different. It's something about your GABA levels, I don't understand all this, but something about the chemicals or hormones in your body. They, you're predisposed to worry. Some people actually need some medical help, some, some medication to help them with their anxiety and worry. You don't want a mask and cover it up, but if you have a physical condition, that's not what we're, you know, God can heal you of that, but that's not really what we're focusing on today. And some of you may, may need to see a doctor. Some of us have worry that's just consuming us, and we may need to see a counselor to help us work through things. But I want to share some things with you that will help you have a, uh, uh, an idea of how you can overcome worry in your life with God's help. So we're talking about the kind of worry that's like mental distress and fear. It's a fear about what will happen. And you run things over and over in your mind. It's different than being concerned. God doesn't say, hey, you know, you're a Christian now. Just stick your head in the sand and ignore everything and pretend like you have no problems. That's not what he's saying. It's okay to be concerned about things. It's okay to, to, you know, if if you lost your job, it's okay to get busy and get some training and work on your resume and pray about getting a job and getting out there and looking for work. If you're struggling with your health, it's okay to be concerned about it. Make some dietary changes or get the help that you need. He's not saying pretend like, you know, hey, let's just ignore reality. But he's saying don't do that negative worrying that's so unproductive. That doesn't help you move forward. That gets you stuck. Worry comes from an old English word that means to strangle, like to choke. And so it came, it came back from in the days when they would have their flocks of sheep. And the wolf or a fox would come in and it would grab a sheep or a lamb by the throat and just hold on and choke the life out of that animal until it was dead. And that's what worry will do to you. It'll choke the life out of your spirit. It'll strangle you. It'll, it'll suffocate you. And let me tell you something. Satan loves it when you worry. When you worry. Because you're not trusting God. You're trusting your own self and your own resources. You take your eyes off God. And when you worry, you're powerless. And he loves it when you worry. So number one on your outline, you need to understand a few things about worry. Worry the woe of worry. Worry is a weight. It's a weight. Proverbs says this, worry weighs a person down. An encouraging word cheers a person up. It weighs you down. And some of you, you might be thinking, you know, Dwayne, come on, you're a pastor. You have pastor faith. What do you have to worry about? Well, first of all, I worry about you. I mean, I worry about you guys, your real life needs and issues and problems, and hoping you'll make good decisions. I worry about you and some of you going through some terrible things in life. I mean, I can get caught up worrying. I worry about my kids. You know, my oldest son, Nick, he graduated from college in December, and uh, he went back to be with his mom for, you know, six weeks. And six months later, he's still with his mom because she's, she's sort of paying his way and taking care of him and telling him, oh, don't leave me yet. And he needs to get out there and find a job and start his work, his business. So I worry about him being his own person, his own, his own man. Seth, my, my second son, he's got high functioning autism and he's a smart kid and he does pretty good, but he has some challenges with that. Sometimes my wife and I were wondering, is he going to ever be able to live totally on his own and be independent? I hope so. Seems smart enough too, but sometimes we worry. We have concerns. You know, I look at my retirement funds, or lack thereof, and I wonder, my goodness, am I ever going to retire? I could worry about my money. And you know what? The truth is, I love what I do. I-, I wouldn't mind working till I die, but then I start going, well, what if I'm not healthy enough or I'm not funny anymore? They don't want me anymore, you know? So, <laughs> wow, now I can worry about my health. And then... I have to tell you this week i had a major source of worry i have three major cow licks in my hair <laughs> my hair has always been an issue i mean some of you're going well at least you have hair but you know it's i've thought about shaving my head and i found a lady she's been cutting my hair for over 10 years she she can kind of work with it and minimize the damage and i called this week and there's no answer no answer and so i drove over to the shop and they've gone out of business like, oh my gosh, I need a haircut. What am I going to do? So I rolled the dice, went to another place. I was worried. I was worried, but it wasn't too bad. I was worried. Anyway, worry about stuff. I know what it's like to worry. And I want you to do something with me today, kind of play along, something that's going to help you visualize what we're talking about. I want you to sit up straight in your chair, and I want you to put your hands here, and I want you to close your eyes for a minute. Well, don't close your eyes yet. Make a fist like you're lifting a weight. Like you've got a, you've got a weight that's too heavy for you to lift. It's on the bar. You can't quite lift it. You don't have a spotter. And you're just, you're just hoping it doesn't crush you. And I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to think about what is it that's weighing you down in your life right now? What are you worrying about? Is it your health, your marriage, your kids? Your finances, how long the message is gonna be, what's weighing you down? (laughs) Just kind of picture it for a minute. Man, feel that weight. Worry can be such a weight. So I want you to open your eyes. You can relax now. Some of you can't let go, I know, but you can relax. (laughs) Worry's a weight. Number two, we're gonna come back to that visual thing, okay? But number two, worry is a waste. Worry wastes time and energy and focus and it never accomplishes anything. It doesn't help you solve the problem. Now when you're concerned, concern is like you see a problem and you, you get some advice and you pray and you say, What can I do to, to address this problem? But worry is, man, you just imagine all the what ifs, how bad it could be. What if the worst possible thing happens? You just worry and it consumes you and you get you get like you just can't do anything. You can't sleep get ulcers, back stress, heart problems. And Jesus knows how negative, negatively worry can affect us, how it can take us hostage. You know, he did a, a series of sermons or messages or talks, and many of them are captured in Matthew 5 through 7. We call it the, the Sermon on the Mount. But in this series of messages, he addresses many things that take us hostage, things like anger, lust, sexual infidelity, Things like this, having a judgmental spirit and wanting to take revenge. And in the middle of all these topics, he talks about worry. He gives us a, a message on worry. When we read what Jesus says, it's such a blessing to have God's word, we can read it. But you know, we kind of miss out on a couple of important things. So we can't see Jesus, we can't see the look on his face, we can't hear the tone in his voice. And I think when he's talking about worry, part of his talk is very compassionate But part of it, I think there's a little frustration and a little sarcasm too, because he's frustrated. He's like, why would you waste time worrying? So look what he says on your outline. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds, They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? Like, come on, you guys are valuable. You matter to God. Why are you worrying? And when you underline that phrase, you're more valuable to Him. You matter to God. And He says, worry is wasteful. You can't add one day to your life worrying. In fact, you've probably taken some time off of your life with your worry. You know, if, if we could get some sort of heavenly printout of our whole life, how many weeks and months and maybe years we've wasted worrying, we'd be amazed how much time we've wasted, how much energy we've ma- wasted. If, poof, God just sent an angel down right now and said, here's your hand out, and you open it up, oh my gosh, all the worry, all the time. You know, Mark Twain, he had an opinion on everything, and he made sure it got written down somewhere, and he said this, I've had a lot of worries in my life, most of which never happened. We've all worried about what if, the worst thing, and most, usually it doesn't happen. Harvey Pinnock, the late Harvey Pinnock, he's considered the greatest golf coach that America's ever produced, and he wrote a little red book, which is sort of like the golfer's Bible, and here's what he said. He said, most golfers do not think on the golf course. They just curse. No, wait, he said, they just worry. Worry. He said, worrying is a misuse of your mind on the golf course. Whatever your obstacles, worry will only make it more difficult. Worry causes your muscles to tense up. And it is impossible to make a good golf swing when your muscles are too tense. Rather than worrying, he said be mindful of the shot at hand and go ahead and play it as if you're going to hit the best shot of your life. You really might do it. He said, instead of looking at this tough shot you have to make and realizing that, wow, if I don't hit a good shot, my ball's going to be lost in the woods or over in the... He said, imagine you're making a great shot and maybe you'll actually do it. Imagine success. And I think Jesus would say, when you get all worried and when you get all tensed up, You can't execute in life the way that I want you to. You can't swing freely. You're all tensed up. And I want you to imagine success, succeeding with Jesus helping you in your life that you actually could overcome whatever it is you're facing. It's not saying you won't have any problems, but he says, I want you to imagine, man, God cares for you. You're not on your own. He's going to help you to succeed. Make that mental shift. Jesus says it's irrational to worry. It doesn't make sense. It's a waste. It's like these two these two guys, these two mathematicians, they get on the plane from LA to New York. They're going to a conference. They're looking forward to a short 5-hour, you know, 5-hour flight. They thought they're going to relax. Well, if, after a few minutes the, the captain comes on the plane. He says, "Folks, I got a little news for you. We've lost one of our four engines, but don't worry. This plane is perfectly fine." just going to slow us down a little. Now our trip, instead of five hours, it's going to be seven hours. Guys kind of look at each other. Okay, no problem. They go a little further. The captain comes back on. He says, well, this is really strange, but we've lost another engine. Don't worry. We're going to be okay, but but now it's going to take 10 hours to get there. Well, they get a little nervous about making their meeting, you know. uh, Go another half an hour or so. Pilot comes back on. Wow, this has never happened before. We've lost a third engine. But don't worry, this plane was designed and fully capable of flying on one engine. Hate to tell you though, now your trip's going to take 18 hours. Now at this point, one guy looks to the other and says, gee, I, I hope we don't lose the last engine. At this rate, we'll be up here forever. <laughs> it's irrational, right? Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't, doesn't solve anything. Jesus said, don't worry. He wasn't saying, hey ignore your problems, pretend like everything's okay, that everything's rainbows and puppy dogs and beautiful, you know. He's not saying that. It's okay to be concerned. You know, he said, look at the birds. They don't store up food. They don't, they don't have barns where they can store food away. He says they don't worry, but you know, birds do work hard gathering the food that God gives them. And I think what Jesus is saying is, hey, you work hard, do your part, do what God made you to do, but the things that are out of your control Don't worry about it. Trust God, because worry is a waste. And that leads us to number three. Worry can be a really good tool for you, because worry is a warning. It's a warning. It's like a warning light on the dashboard in your car. And that light goes off, and you know that you have an internal problem. You have something wrong. And so use it as a warning to stop and say, step back and say, Wow, what's going on? Why am I worrying? Here's what Jesus says. If God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. <clears throat> certainly. Reminds me of three stooges. I don't know why that pops in my head, but he'll certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Can you underline that, that question? Now, there's the problem. The warning light goes off. You're worrying. You pass from concern to worry. It's because your faith is weak. You have so little faith. He says, don't worry, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? Those things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. So Jesus is getting a little strong right here. He says, why do you have so little faith? He said, when you start worrying, you're living your life like somebody who doesn't know God. You're living your life... Like somebody who doesn't believe in God, doesn't believe in God's care and love and concern, doesn't believe in God's compassion for you. Now, every one of us, every one of us, we've, we've done that in our life. We've, we've kind of grabbed onto our worries and taken control, and we've gotten worried that Jesus says, come on, guys, come on, ladies, why do you have so little faith? Trust me, God cares for you. Man, unbelievers live like that. They worry. Everything's on them. You've got God in your life. And it's a warning sign to remind you to back up, to look to God, to say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I'm worrying. I'm sorry I'm not trusting you. Would you strengthen my faith? One of the reasons it's so important to meet together every week, come to church and worship and hear a message, God encourages your faith through the faith of others. When your faith is low, we can encourage each other. We can remind each other that God's at work, that God's real, that God cares about you, that He loves you. That's why it's so important to get into a small group. We call them life groups, but you get around where you get connected with some other people, and when you're struggling in your faith, you let them know, and they'll encourage you, and they'll share some of their faith with you to help you keep going and stay strong. So I want you to hear the story of someone who worried, and eventually they realized they had to They had to. Exercise some faith and give up control. And so I want you to welcome Christian Castillo. He's going to come and share his, a great story with you. So, Christian, come on up.
2: Really proud of you. Thanks for sharing, man. Good morning, and thank you for letting me share my story. My mom and dad divorced when I was five, and I don't really remember what it was like growing up with both my parents. I lived with my dad full-time, and at an early age, I began to worry often. Occasionally on weekend nights, my dad would go out to dinner parties with friends, leaving me with a babysitter, usually my aunt. Now, those of you who know my dad, Edwin, may be surprised to find out he's a big partier. Some nights, he wouldn't come home until 8 or 9 at night. My, my bedroom was, was right on top of the garage, and I vividly remember nights where I would stay up and look out the window every five minutes, waiting for my dad to come home. Growing up, I had a deep fear of losing my dad, and what would happen if I had to grow up without him. I worried about losing my dad because I felt like if he wasn't there, there would be no one to take care of me. As I grew older, the worrying didn't stop, but it did change. In high school, I felt constantly anxious, thinking that I wasn't doing all that I could to give, me, to give myself the best chance to go to a good college. Every year, right at the end of the school year, we would have to choose the classes that we would be taking the following school year. And it was always an anxious time for me because I would worry that I wasn't taking the right classes to prepare myself for the colleges that I wanted to attend. During the school year, I would worry about my studies and all the assignments that were due and all the tests that I had to study for. It was exhausting, and I usually ended up spending more time worrying than actually studying during this time, I began to attend Crossroads Youth Group, led by Jackson Purdue at the time. I was able to form some good friendships and look to Jackson as a mentor at that time in my life. The lessons taught me of a God that was always there for you to rely on and never gave you more than you could handle. Now, I pretty much grew up in the church, and I've heard all those lessons before, but it didn't stick with me until I heard them at youth group. Growing up in the church, I thought I was automatically a Christian, and I didn't realize that I had to make a conscious decision to make Christ my Lord and Savior. When I started to get serious about my faith, Jackson was there for me. He would meet with me about once or twice a week and answer any questions I had about Christianity, and I did have a lot of questions. I don't remember the exact date, but I remember it was after one of those meetings with Jackson at Panera that I accepted Christ into my life. Jackson had told me that accepting Christ was as simple as the ABC's, admitting that I was a sinner, believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and confessing my sins. After hearing that simple lesson at Panera, I would come to accept Christ as my Lord and Savior later that evening. Now, just because I accepted Christ didn't fix everything or remove all the worries of life. Last summer, I got married to my beautiful wife, Erin, and the wedding planning process itself was a big cause of stress and worry. But knowing that I have have a God that I can have faith in, that knows all my worries and answers my prayers, has given me a certain peace and assurance. Like how I could count on my dad always coming home every night after leaving me with a babysitter, I can count on God always being there for me. Knowing that God has taken care of me through all my past trials and worries has given me a greater faith in knowing that God is always there, even though we don't necessarily see him. He is always watching over us, and his presence can be felt in the most worried, filled times. I still not be able, might not be able to help myself with double-checking that the stove is off or that I lock the front door, but I'll let God handle the big stuff. Thank you.
0: thanks christian i'm really proud of you and your wife aaron and you're taking big steps of faith and taking some training and i i can't wait to see what god's going to do in your life as you move forward with him thank you for sharing so i want to talk to you about how we break free from worry and christian really really told us the most important point is number one you have to release control release control you, you invite Christ into your life. You admit you're a sinner. You believe that Jesus died for you. You commit to follow him. You confess your sins. And, and you acknowledge that, man, all my worry and I can't fix everything. And so you release control. All worry is basically about a control issue. Maybe you heard one about the controlling grandmother. She was afraid to take a flight. She was in deathly fear of a terrorist having a bomb on a flight. Finally, one day, she got up her courage to go visit her grandkids across the country. She bought a ticket. She got on the plane, but you know what? She got arrested for carrying a bomb on the plane. They were interrogating her. They said, Grandma, what were you thinking? She said, well, it's simple. You know, my kids told me, oh, Grandma, you don't have to worry about a bomb. It's safer than driving on the freeway. Like, your chances of having a bomb on your flight are like one in a million. But the chances of having two... Never happened. Infant, you know, so she said, like, I'm going to take control. I'm going to do it. And that's what worry is like. You're like holding on to control. Jesus said this. You've got to release control. He said, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. Live for God first. Don't pursue your own kingdom first. Try to obey God and do us right. Live for God. Stop, stop worrying about me, 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 and trying to control everything. And this is what he says. And... He, God, will give you everything you need. Not everything you want, but He'll give you what you need. So here's the thing. The Bible says at some point in life, every one of us in this room, we've seized control of our own life. We've decided that I know better than God how to live, what to do, and I'm my own person, and I can make money, and I can do this, and I can live life my way, and we've seized control. And every one of us in this room, we've made some choices that messed up our life. We've chosen to sin and disobey God. It broke our relationship with God. We've made some, some choices that hurt our relationships. Some of us are carrying heartache and consequences because of bad choices we made in the past. We're still carrying today. And we, we seized control. We messed things up. We, we really gave us a lot to worry about. And Jesus said, you've got to let go. You've got to seek God's kingdom first. You've got to put him in control in your life. He said, make God and his business your top priority. And the funny thing is, when you put God first, and you choose to love him, and put him first in your life, and you love Christ, and you choose to love others, and you choose to live your life on purpose, as you do that, it's funny how you shift your focus from your kingdom to God's kingdom, a lot of your worries will slip away. And not only that, God says, man, you're my child. You're living an obedient life. You're following me. I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you what you want. I mean, not what you want, what you need. I'm going to provide for you. You're on my, you're my family. You're my son. You're my daughter. Just like a parent. I want to give good things to my kids. If they're making bad decisions, I can't reward that. They're living their own way and choosing to be in control of their own lives. I can't bless them. But man, when they're trying their best to do what's right, study hard, uh, be a loving brother and obey their mother and dad, and they're trying to do what's right. I want to bless them. I want to give them what they need. And God is our heavenly father. Jesus said, if you put God first, he'll give you what you need. I like how Psalm 55 says this. um, And it's the amplified version in the Bible. It kind of takes some of the words and it fleshes out the full definition. It says, cast your burden on the Lord, releasing the weight of it all. It says, cast your worries, your burdens, and He will sustain you. He will never allow the consistently righteous to be moved, made to slip, fall, or fail. Cast your burdens. Now, when I first read this, I was thinking, I was having this image like, you go up to the Grand Canyon or something, and you throw all your burdens over the edge, and they just disappear. But this says, no, cast your burden on the Lord, on Jesus. He will take your burden. He will help you. You're not just throwing it away, you're throwing it on him. He's going to bear the weight. He's going to help you. And if you choose to let go, you've got to practice what psychologists call the replacement principle. You can't just say, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, because then you're going to worry. You've got to replace that worry, those tracks and grooves in your mind. You've got to replace that with something. And Paul tells us in Philippians, he tells us what it is. He says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Replace it with prayer. Let me ask you a question. So a little honesty here. How many of you, you've worried about something for days, weeks, maybe even months. And one day, I mean, you've lost sleep. It's like your stomach's churning. One day you kind of go, oh my gosh, I haven't even prayed about this. Let me see some hands. Okay, those... Those are all the honest people. Like, you forgot to pray. You're like, man, well, I've been trying to, I've been worrying on this. I haven't even talked to God about it. It's eaten me up. I've done that. It's ridiculous. So instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness. Everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Can you underline that phrase? Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. You've got to release control. Stop focusing on your problems, your needs, your worries. Do what you can and then let it go. Leave it with God And think about Jesus. Every time you're tempted to worry, step back and pray. Reshift your thoughts. Retrain your brain. Begin praying about everything. Now, in this series, we're we're really, our heart is, we're trying to share with you God's heart, His love, His compassion for you. You know, Jesus, He looked out over the, the crowds of people who were lost, who were hostages, who were separated from God. And it says His heart broke. He wept for them. He cares deeply for each one of you, and he doesn't want you to worry, but the truth is, if you don't have Jesus in your life, you should be worried. If you don't have Christ in your life, I am so glad you're here. I hope you will keep coming back. But as long as you don't have Jesus in your life, it's basically up to you till you turn your life over to God. Jesus says, "You seek him first, you put him first. Without God, who, who's, who's doing it for you? It's you and your resources. You, your friends, your family, your ability to make money, your ability to stay healthy, your doctors. You're relying on all of them. And sooner or later, you're going to find out you're not in control. And without Christ, you, you, you should be worried. But Jesus wants to come into your life. He wants you to, to open up your heart, invite him in, and release control. So I want to ask you now, okay, humor me. Everybody, put your hands up again like you have the, waist, the weight of worry. Whatever it is you worry about, kind of clench your fists. And then I want you to think about releasing control. Kind of extend your hands, and then just kind of relax. Like you're, letting, you're casting your worries on Jesus. Extend your hands. Everybody groan a little bit. Like a room full of zombies, so you're... But you're letting go. You know the tense up. Oh, the weight. Man, I'm pictured. I'm leaving this with Jesus. I'm letting go. Okay? You release control. Number two, we're gonna come back to that in a minute. But number two, cling to Christ. Like hold on to Jesus and your faith. Cling to Him. When you find yourself, you're worrying, that's the warning light. And you go, there's a problem, my faith is weak. I need to turn to Jesus. I need to let go of control. I need to hold on to my faith. Again, 1 Peter 5 says, Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. You know, sometimes I don't. I kind of wonder, does God really care about me? Sometimes things are going tough and I get a little frustrated, or I look at myself and I say, man, I'm still a mess. I'm still a sinner. Why does, why does God care? How could he possibly care about me? And you know, when you start thinking like that, when you start uh, doubting God's care for you, it's hard to let go and trust him when you doubt that God really loves you. And so whenever I'm doubting God's love, what I have to do is step back. It's like, man, I got to remind myself about the cross. Jesus loves each and every one of us passionately and deeply. So I step back and I remember he cares about me and I can give him my worries and my cares. When I unload it and I replace those worries with thoughts about Jesus and try to focus on Him, Isaiah says this You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Can you underline that phrase? Thoughts are fixed on you. See, when I start worrying, where are my thoughts fixed? They're on my problems. They're on the people who are causing me problems. They're on my lack of ability and strength and my own power to control things. But when I focus on Jesus, God promises he'll give you peace. That's why sometimes when you, you know somebody who's going through a terrible situation, someone who's fighting cancer, they're getting chemo, they're, they're in pain, they're facing an uncertain future, but you talk to them. And you talk to some of those people, and they have this faith And in spite of their pain, in spite of their worries, they, they have this peace that you just can't understand. It's because they're keeping their thoughts fixed on Jesus. Gives them the ability. Doesn't make all your problems magically disappear, but Jesus says, God will help you. He'll give you what you need. He'll give you peace. Now, when we're talking about clinging to Jesus in your faith, can you write down a word there? I wish I put this on your outline. Just write, remember. Remember. I want you to remember how Jesus has helped you in the past. Most of you in this room, you've been through some pretty stuff, tough stuff, tough stuff, (laughs) tough stuff at some point in your life. I look around, many of you have been through divorce. You've lost a parent or a child, someone you loved and you cared deeply about. Some of you have lost homes, finances have fallen apart. Some of you are facing bad health situations right now. But you look back, many of you have been through some really deep waters. And you look back, and it hurt, and it was hard. But God gave you what you need, and he helped you get through it. God gave you what you needed to get through it. He went with you. And I just want you to hold on. Remember what God has done for you in the past. Whenever I'm tempted to worry about money, once in a while, finances of the church get a little tight, you know, I never, I've never lost any sleep wondering if I'm going to get paid because I look back at 50 years of life and I go, man, God has always provided for me. I don't have to worry. He's going to give me what I need. And I've always had what I needed. Paycheck's always shown up. Don't have to worry. Give your worries to God. Remember how Jesus has helped you, how he's helped you in the past. So, okay, work with me again. Imagine the weight." So kind of like you're casting it out. You're letting go. As you throw it out, relax your arms. And then I want you to kind of like imagine you're embracing Jesus. You're just holding on to Jesus. And as you hold on to him and you embrace him in your life, you know what? He's going to reach out and hold on to you even tighter. He's going to hold on to you. So you imagine like, man, I got this weight. I'm casting it out. Now I'm going to hold on to Jesus in my faith. And when you start worrying, I just hope you'll have this picture. You have this picture that Jesus will help you hold on to him it's so important because if you release control and you you cling to jesus in your faith then number three you can courageously live one day at a time by faith you can courageously live one day at a time by faith see jesus concluded his message verse 34 in matthew 6 he said so don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. See, he's pretty honest. He doesn't say, oh, you're not going to have any problems. No, he says, you know what? You're going to have your own worries tomorrow. Just focus on today. Today's trouble is enough for today. And you say, well, that's easy to say, Dwayne, but how do I do that? Let me give you some suggestions. When you get up in the morning, I want to encourage you to take 10 or 15 minutes, spend a little time with God, Whoever helps you, read his word, listen to some good praise music, talk to God. Remember that what it says in the Psalms, today is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. No matter what your face and say, you know what? God made this day. He's given me this day and he's going to be with me and he cares about me. And I'm going to go through this day best I can, clinging onto my faith and releasing control. Then during the day, Paul says, pray without ceasing. You're going to hit some things during the day that make you worry could be traffic, could be your boss, could be an angry customer, could be your kids, could be your husband, your wife. Just say little prayers to God. Oh man, I can't believe, I can't believe this. Oh wait, time out. God, help me handle this. Help me turn the other cheek. Help me do what's right. Help me to speak up and share my faith. Say little prayers during the day. And at night, when you lay your head down on your pillow to go to sleep, look back at your day and say, guess what, God? With your help, I made it through another day. It might have been hard, but you gave me what I needed. Roof over my head, food to eat. You provided for me, I'm still alive. Thank you, God. Thank you for helping me. Just take some little time each day to focus on today. I love what the, the little serenity prayer, to, it's just very powerful. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, And the wisdom to know the difference, you know. God, help me to have some discernment. I I know there's some things out of my control. I gotta let them go. But there's some things I can change with courage, with faith. You know, God's asking some of you right here in this room to do some things for Him that you're not doing because you're worried, you're afraid. Well, what if I share my faith? They might make fun of me. They might. They might not be my friend anymore. What if I step out and, and lead a group or serve in kids' ministry? They might not like me. I might mess up. I might say the wrong things. Oh, I couldn't do that. Oh, I'm, I might have to give up some of my free time. Maybe I won't have enough time to rest, and I'm worried. God says, oh, live with courage. Do what I've called you to do. I'll help you. I'll give you the strength that you need. I want to close by looking at the first four verses of Psalm 23 one of the most loved chapters in the Bible, and it really talks about, again, this antidote to worry. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. What does it mean, shepherd? Shepherd someone who cares for the sheep, protects them from the wolves who are trying to strangle them, trying to choke the life out of them. A A good shepherd would protect the sheep. He'd Guide them to food. He'd look out for them. He knew them. He loved them. Jesus said in the New Testament, He says, I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep. God's telling us, you know, David's telling us in this psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. With God as your shepherd, you don't have to worry. Yes, you're going to have some concerns. You're going to have some struggles, but you don't have to worry. So the big question is can you say, that Jesus is your shepherd? Is he your shepherd? Have you said, Jesus, come into my life, lead me, guide me, protect me. I surrender it all. If he's your shepherd, man, God makes some powerful promises. Look at this. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Can you circle leads me? I know some of you in this room, you have some decisions you're facing and you're worried because you don't want to blow it. Should I marry this person? Should I move there? Should I take this job? Should I go to this school? He leads me. He'll lead you if you follow him. He refreshes my soul. You circle refreshes. Anybody here need a little soul refreshing? And you got to put Jesus first. Follow him. Let him be your shepherd. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley... Man, some of you are in some dark valleys right now. You don't know if your marriage is going to make it. You don't know if you're going to survive the diagnosis the doctor gave you. You don't know what's going to happen with your kids. Some of you are in some dark valleys. But David says, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Can you circle that? You are with me. When you follow God, you never go through anything alone. He's with you. And he's given you a church family like to walk with you. And he says, you're rod and they, your staff, they comfort me. But he'll walk with you. So, one last time. Just kind of drill this in a little bit. Hold the weight. Cast your care on Jesus. Kind of relax your hands. Cling to your faith. like Imagine like you're holding on to Jesus. And then I want you to puff your chest out a little bit. Like, you know what? I don't have to be afraid because I'm not, I'm not alone. I don't have to live in fear because I have Jesus with me. He's my shepherd. He's going to guide me. He's going to lead me. So I can cast it, hold on to him, and I can live courageously for Jesus. I don't have to allow worry to bind me up. Well, let's pray together. Just no moving around for a couple moments. If you're here today and you can't say that Jesus is your shepherd, again, I'm so glad you're here. You know, we're not, Jesus isn't automatically our shepherd. We have to choose. We have to invite him in. He doesn't force himself on us. And maybe some of you here today, you just want to say, you know what? Today's the day I'm going to give up control. I know I'm a sinner. I believe Jesus died for me and I want to invite God into my heart. Maybe you've even been worried about giving control up to God. He's a God who loves you, who laid down his life for you, and you can trust him. And just in your own words, talk to God. He knows your heart, what you're saying. Just invite him in and ask for his forgiveness and ask him to help you follow him. Some of you here, you've been following Christ for a long time, but you still get so bound up with worry. We all do sometimes. And right now, you just need to confess to God, you know what, my faith is weak. Would you strengthen my faith? Help me to trust you. God, I need to surrender some areas of my life to you because I haven't been living righteously. I haven't been obeying your word. And I need to let go of some sin in my life and turn from it. And I need to trust you. Some of you know God's calling you to take some big steps of faith but you're afraid, you're worried. What will people think? What if I don't know the right words? What if I don't know what to say? I can't lead, I can't teach, I can't serve. And Just tell God, you know, I'm sorry, I've been holding back because of worry, and I'm not going to hold back anymore. I'm in. Lord, I know you love each and every person here, and I pray that no one will leave today doubting that you care for them. I pray that you'll impress on their hearts how much you love them, that they'll remember the cross and what Jesus did for them on the cross. And God, I pray for anyone who's just bound up with worry today that they'll let it go, that even in their own power they can't trust you. Give them the faith they need. Put the right people around them. God, help them to surrender. And you say, when we, we surrender our lives to you, when we put you first, you'll give us what we need. And God, I pray that we would not be bound up in fear, but we live courageously. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.